This is the Auto Off Topic Podcast, where we talk cars and anything related to cars. I'm Andrew, and my co-host is Brad. Hello, Andrew. Uh, we're going to do, I guess we'll start, we've got quite a few things to cover, so we're going to start with Project Car Updates. So I heard you sold the brown Colt. I did, and then thanks to the wonderful thing that is the internet, the eBay buyer backed out when he woke up the next morning and realized he didn't want to drive a 1980 Dodge Colt from... Boston to Chicago, essentially. So we kind of worked out a deal where we figured everything out, but now the car is back up for sale. So no, did not sell the Colt. Was excited, spent the money prematurely, and then the car didn't sell. So <laughs> that's the uh, the eighty. That's like the root beer brown. It is the car. root beer brown, sixty-two thousand mile Dodge Colt. Yeah, it was a local. It was like right down the street from your house, and you bought it. it was right, less than a mile away. Yeah, so interesting strange. car. Interesting. Car. Actual project cars, though, if you want to get into project cars. Yeah. Um, yeah, what happened to the Raider? Oh, my goodness. This is a good one, too. So when we first bought the Raider, as uh, listeners from last week will remember, it was bought in a junkyard. Um, it had a problem with the cylinder head, which we repaired. But there's always been a, a problem that keeps coming back, and it keeps cracking uh, rocker arms. We were never quite sure why. Um and then eventually, unrelated to that, the crappy aftermarket radiator that was in it exploded and overheated the head. Fast forward to this week, I had a used head that I had bought um, with the intention of swapping it on and just making it quick and easy. So I sent it down to the machine shop to have it cleaned up, and I got the call you never want to get from the machine shop that the head is junk. They can repair it, but it would require more money than it's worth. What was wrong with the head? A multitude of things. Um, the first thing is it's not square, so that's minor. That's kind of common on those. Um, those the G54B. Yeah, yeah. They like to warp heads. They like to crack heads. This one's not cracked, um, but it, oh, sorry, it is cracked. Rephrase that. It is cracked, so it does need some welding. On top of the welding, the water passages, according to the machine job, I haven't gone down and looked at it because I've been busy, are clogged with something, and they don't know what, and they couldn't get a standard drill bit in it. Oh, so weird. they weren't quite sure how deep it went or how they would even clean it out. So now I'm stuck without a cylinder head. So I'm left at kind of an end pass. Do I try to find a cylinder head quickly? Do I take the motor out of the Starion? Or do I slap the Starion back together real quick and just drive it as is? Because I kind of want a bit of a hoon car for the winter this year anyway. Yeah. So the Starion, I don't think we talked about the Starion. It's an 84... 84- no. Flat body car. It's an early body style, pre intercooled, pre wide body fenders, but it is a fully loaded car. Again, eight hundred dollar car. It was an eight hundred dollar <laughs> car, yes. Um, it is a fully loaded car, though with limited slip differential. It already has a set of snow tires on it. I started a full restoration on the car, and then lost my garage space for it. So it has some patch panels welded in. Some patch panels still need to be welded. Uh, everything has been cut and pre-bent to fit, so the project itself shouldn't take too long. So I could probably just slap some repair panels in it, not go fancy with the paint, put the mismatched fender on, mismatched front bumper on. It'd be really ugly, but it's rear-wheel drive with a limited slip and snow tires, and it could be quicker and easier to get on the road than a motor swap in the Raider. Just to do it, especially if I sell my brown Colt, I won't have anything that I can drive in the winter. Yeah. And I guess you'd leave the front spoiler off that thing because it's 
the same spoiler as the wide body car, right? That low it's front not spoiler. Not the same spoiler. It's not okay. No, the wide body one is slightly different. You can adapt a wide body one to fit, which I would do eventually. But yeah. if I'm going to drive the car in the winter, yeah, just leave it off. Well leave it off. Probably ripped off. Exactly. And it'll then, be ugly. Yeah. It'll have a white car, different shade of white doors. It's got red a red fender, black fender. That was a cool car I found. I found that on Craigslist. Yes. Like locally again. Yep. Original owner. Original owner. Son did not want it. Yeah. For some reason. It's got a tan interior. Yeah, tan leather. And uh, original Inky 92s. Inky 92s. That were like put on in period. They were put on in 1985. Yeah. And I have the receipt for them. Back in the 80s, my father was a uh, a tire. He owned a body shop that also sold tires and wheels. And the Yankees were sold to the owner of the car by my father in 1985 when I was four. Yeah. Which is kind of a cool thing. And one of the reasons I kind of held on to the car when I probably shouldn't have for so long. No, it's a cool car. It is a cool car. And also our other Mitsubishi that we had for 15 years is gone now. Yeah. So it's at the great... Oh, yeah. They finally, the great parking lot in the sky. The Rally Mirage is finally gone. It did. 230,000 miles. Yeah. I really wanted to give it like a Viking funeral, but... I don't know. They kind of frown on lighting cars on fire and <laughs> them burn to the ground. Close proximity to houses. <laughs> we oh, could well. have, I wish we could have rallied it one more time. Rally crossed it one more time. But a quick synopsis: We bought the car in two thousand for two hundred. Well, your family did. Yeah, your... my father bought it in two, the year two thousand. It was five years old. It was hit in the nose for two hundred dollars. It had like eighty thousand miles on it. I drove it for my sister. Actually, drove it to college for a while, and then I got it and realized how fun it was. And we used it for rallycross, uh, TSD rallies, even an autocross. Well, because it was the it was the, it was the LS, the one eight and five speed. So it, was, it was a yeah, it was, big motor. It was a sub two thousand pound yeah. car with one hundred and twenty horse, yeah. sixteen valve, and a five speed. It was fun. Um, it was kind of like Mitsubishi's Civic Si, if they ever marketed it. That Basically, way. it had like a. Four, it had four-wheel independent suspension, yep. but, it, but it was struts in the front. It wasn't double wishbone. Correct. But the back was, like, almost identical to a Civic suspension, the way it's yeah, set up. Yeah, it was. It was. It's basically, well, it's a, it's, a, it's a Mirage. Yeah. Which is known to Japan and some other parts of the world as a Lancer. Yeah. Which is the base for the Lancer Evo in sedan yeah. form. So it, it was a fun little car. And we had it for a long time, from 80,000 miles to 230,000 miles. Yeah. And we never, like, we took care of it mechanically, but we flogged that car. But regardless, it got in an accident, hit by a driver. Uh, last February, I let it sit in my yard for a while, not knowing what to do, thinking of putting the motor in something else, and finally it was time to let it go. <laughs> so it's gone. Yeah, because the motors in that aren't very rare. They're just, no. They're, they're no we'll, find, we'll find one to put it in something else someday. Whatever. It had 220,000. It's a 95 Mirage. It was irrational to be in love with it. Yeah. Um, Much like it's irrational to be in love with my 84 Starion, but I also went with that. Yeah, but that's got a little more provenance. Provenance? I don't, I don't think so. Province. Province. I don't I don't know if it's more or not, but I love the stupid thing. It's technically a cooler car. Well anything's a cooler car than a Mirage. <laughs> the, my ca- the car that doesn't the silliest name for a car possibly ever. It's not really here. It's not really here. Um so Stephanie's car uh is a, again was an eight hundred dollar car. It was. <laughs> yep. Good. The the 2000 Subaru Legacy Outback, or the alternative lifestyle vehicle, as we call it. And um, that car, uh, so we use that car to drive every day to work. And I was like, hmm, let's put an aux adapter in it, because I don't really want to spend the money on a new stereo for the car. I mean, the Bluetooth head units are like 20 bucks, 
And I was like, eh, maybe I could put that in. But sometimes I still listen to CDs. And the, oh, so the tape deck in this car is broken. That's why I don't have a tape adapter with an aux cable. So I pulled the radio out this weekend. I had this thing. I don't know, it's like called iSimple or something. And you hardwire it into the back of the uh, antenna. And then it goes into the little box. And then you power the little box. And it interrupts the uh, antenna feed when you're on the certain channel. Yep. And I had it set up. So, well, the other neat thing about this was it had a little USB plug that came off of it, too. So you could charge a phone in a USB port. So it was powered, too. It was powered. And you had to switch it on and off when you wanted to use it. So I got it all set up. I switched it on. It worked. But on the back of it, it had this little note and the instructions. It's like you need to adjust the gain. There's a little gain knob because, you know, when you, sometimes you plug in an aux cable to a a cell phone hey, interference. No, it's not interference. Sound, interference. Yeah. This is not loud enough. Yeah. You have the phone cranked, and then you have to have it stereo cranked. So this has like a little amplifier in it. And it's this little tiny flathead thing that's buried inside the box. In hindsight, I should have taken the cover off the box, but as soon as I turned it, it broke. What was the name of this product again? It's like iSimple or something. I, okay, so the first problem is you bought something called i something that wasn't made by Apple. Yeah. That's the universal uh, and it had, like, machines. Android stickers all over it. I don't know. I, whatever. I'll post some pictures of it because it was just so annoying. I bought it a year ago on uh, Amazon, and then I'm finally installing it now, so I don't even think I can return it. Probably not. So it's, like, whatever. It was just so annoying because the dash on uh, 2000 Legacy, if you ever go to take the radio out of one, there are, like, three screws uh, while well, you... You unclip the trim around the automatic transmission, and you lift it up and out, and that comes out really easy. Then there's two screws you can get to. And then there's uh, – you pull out the ashtray, and facing almost straight up, there's two invisible screws you have to get to. So if you don't know they're there, you'll never find them. You'll just, just break everything. You'll just break everything. So I, I actually YouTubed it before I did it because I had no idea. And But – and then about a foot into the dash, there's a screw. That holds the uh, ashtray. And when you hold the ashtray, like, because you have to take the ashtray out, and then you can remove all the trim. It was just super, super annoying. Um, and I was just, like, totally pissed about it on Saturday. I got an angry text message. Yeah, you did. Um, so that was that. So we still listen to the radio and just CDs now. <laughs> So your project car update was a simple thing. Yeah, that not just even a project car. Failed. It's just your daily driver, and yeah. it failed miserably. Yep, that seems to be about the. About and then the my other project car. So winter is coming. Uh, Thank you for that Enzo. Yep, that's it's a Enzo dog shaking, shaking his head. Can take his collar off. So he's a little quieter. All right. And um, so I. I had to clean up my garage to put both my cars away. I like to put my Galant and my Talon in the garage, but the Talon's already in the garage, but I wanted to take it out so I could organize in there. So I actually started the car up and backed it out of the garage. Yay. And then I cleaned up, and then I pulled it back into the garage. So it went 100 feet, and then it, not even 100 feet, went 50 feet. And, and then it canceled itself back out. And then it canceled itself back out. But it started. It ran. It started right up because I keep it on a battery tender. Uh, and then it... You know, I really need to work on that car in 2017. I was, like, organizing the garage, and I had all the parts for it because I got to do front brakes. I had the calipers all rebuilt. Those are sitting in the box. So 2017 will be the return of the talent I hope and so. my scenario. I hope so. And it's going like, like yeah, school all over again. Yeah, it, I got the – because those er, the early cars, the 90s, 
had single piston front calipers, which is kind of small for their heavy car for that and a fast Especially car for that. Yours has excessive yeah. horsepower. Yeah. So yeah, again, the classic. Uh, let's upgrade all the horsepower, not do anything about the brakes, because whatever. Or suspension. <laughs> or suspension. His stock suspension. Um, so I have to do the two piston calipers, and I've got some you know hawk pads for it, and I've got the. Uh, I forget who makes the rear pads, but Hawk doesn't make rear pads. It's some other brand that's pretty good. And I've also got a couple white line bushings for the front control arms that I have in the Gallant. Mm-hmm. So they the, go, the, the caster adjusting ones? The caster adjusting ones. Yeah, that make nice. the, yeah, they make the on-center feel a lot better. So I got to do that. Uh, that's about it. Um, yeah, it hasn't been much of a car week. No, no. Um, but what are we drinking tonight? Is oh, well, it's it's in relation to our topic. Yeah, which is completely accidental. Yeah, it, it's a crossover beer. It is a crossover beer. Um, crossover is, promotion. Yeah, do- Dogfish Brewing and Woolrich, as in the clothing company. Yeah, and it's called Pennsylvania Tuxedo, and it shows a couple of guys wearing full flannel jumpsuits, enjoying a nice beer on the front of it. So it fits in well with our topic tonight, which is going to be. Car cross promotions. A pale ale brewed with Pennsylvania spruce tips. As in trees. Uh, yep. It's pretty good. It's actually delicious. So we were, the other day, we were talking with our friend Jordan. We chat uh, through Google Hangouts. And we are talking about how much a Pro 4X Frontier costs. Or any small truck. Or any small matter. trucks. With a manual transmission. That was the key. Uh, you know, the Pro 4X is kind of, it's kind of cool because it's off-road capable. It's got Bill Steins. Locker. A, a locker, a Dana, rear end. And then, you know, like the, the Toyota TRD Pro that you can get in the manual is like almost $5,000 more. Yeah. Like, or maybe even $10,000 more. It's really expensive. But, but regardless, it I was. Yeah, it does hold its value. Hold, to, hold another topic for a whole other day. Yeah. Re, I was on the Nissan website, and in December, there's some movie coming out, this little franchise, I don't know. Star about, Wars? Yeah, Star, yeah. I don't know. I don't think it's going to do any well. Star Defenders, yeah. I don't know what the hell it's called. Anyway. So, and apparently Nissan is doing a cross motion because the movie is called Rogue One with the Nissan Rogue. Right, because Nissan Rogue would exist in outer space. Totally common sense. I can't even understand why it exists. I I was trying to, like, it hasn't really been released on the website yet. I don't know. Is it a trim package? Like, it's so weird. There is a commercial, and it's probably nothing more than a decal on the on the, on the gate. Yeah. Is it just a money grab? Yeah, 100%. Or is it a concession to use the name? Like, did Nissan trademark Rogue, and they couldn't use it? Or I they... doubt it, because it's being used in different applications. So I don't know if it's... I, I don't know. I don't know trademark law. I don't know how that works. Yeah. But, I mean, let's think about the last Star Wars movie, when they licensed Oranges. Yeah, so they'll pretty much do whatever they. But want. there was oh, there was a Star Wars Celica though, the original one, right? Yeah, seven. That car, yeah. It was weird because it had the big bumpers. Yeah, but then it had like an underspoiler and flares, and it just had like airbrushed. Yeah, Star Wars characters all over it. In fact, there's a there's a bounty on that car on the yeah because it disappeared. Yeah, nobody knows where it is. Somebody wants to find it because Star Wars fans are obviously known to be, you know, the most reasonable of of collectors, or not. Um, so there's a bounty to find that car if anybody knows where it is. I've never heard of it other than the ads for it in Road and Track back in 1978 and, and whatever, but I haven't, uh, 
It is a weird one, so it hasn't ha- has happened before. But Toyota last. At time. least it has Star Wars stuff all over it, though. So you're like, oh, that, yeah, I get that. I, you know, I get it. It's it's Star Wars covered. That's. Nisa doesn't sell many rogues. Yeah, I think that's right and hard. I guess uh, there's a, I don't know, a, a Nissan, you know, Star Wars fan is a Nissan rogue person. I, I need no a, idea. I need a, like a, it's not even a compact crossover. I don't even know what it is. It's confusing. The Murano, the Rogue, like they're there's the same. So many of them. They're like these weird SUVs. Well, it's just like Honda now has a CRV and an HRV. Why? There's I no need for an HRV to exist. I think people just like sitting straight up and down. When they're driving and they just, feel, I don't know. I don't understand. Whatever. It's so strange. Uh, but speaking of crossovers. Got us uh, talking. Yeah. There is the Hyundai Tucson Walking Dead Edition. Which was complete money grab. Yeah. Because do you remember the, it was like those two, I think it was like season two and three where they were just driving around in that green. I remember it was in season two because I remember being at Herschel's farm. I don't remember it anywhere else. They drove around it a lot. They're like, we gotta go on a run. Let's get in the let's. They didn't say the Hyundai, but they always got let's in the Hyundai. <laughs> like this yeah, one, it was, it was pretty bad. It's the zombie apocalypse, and you just hold on to one car. You can literally steal any car you want. Well, going off topic a little bit, uh, I've always said with that show, it always seems like they always pick the most fuel inefficient vehicles, which I never understood. <laughs> like we have to go as far as we can on one tank of gas. Let's take the 1978 Jeep Cherokee Chief. Let's all get in the RV. <laughs> the RV at least could fit more people. Also doesn't make sense. Anyway, that's off topic. Um, so this is about special editions, cross promotions, cars, and things that are not related to cars at all. So yeah. because it was in the show, <laughs> Hyundai sold one to the public that had a sticker package. Well, it wasn't one. It was a, an option package. Well, an option package yeah. that had a sticker package around the bottom edge of, like, zombie hands in red blood color reaching up from the bottom. And it was... Horrible. Yeah, I, I don't even think it was tasteful, and I'm surprised it flew. I don't know. It didn't look too. It was. I have the notes here. Ash. It was ash black, so it was a really dark black. Yep. And the red accent graphics. I guess from far away, you probably wouldn't realize what they were. But if you look at them, they're zombie hands reaching up to be yeah. like, or or people's hands reaching yeah. up to be helped. It was, it was weird. It was weird. It was like a horror movie tie-in. And it know. had like it came with a survival backpack. Which is a very weird promotion. <laughs> Unless you traded your Jetta Trek in on it and you wanted a bicycle and a backpack to go together. <laughs> Speaking of promotions. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that was the other. Volkswagens had a lot of these. Like, um, especially in the 90s. Even now, they still make the Fender editions. Do they still make it? Or was it I thought it was 2013 only. No, I think they still make they it. They still make it? At least, the at least it went for a year or two afterwards, that Jetta and the Beetle. <sighs> with the input for your guitar to turn the car's stereo into a guitar amp. Which I guess is an interesting idea for like the SEMA show, but in practicality, how do you play a guitar in a car? I don't know. It doesn't I, make any sense. I, you just go to the beach or something and you just want to play your guitar and your beetle. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, it makes sense if they made like a microvan and they put it in the microvan, but it's a car. I mean, have you ever been in a beetle? There's not enough room for a guitar. No, it's very strange. That, that's the, the last in a line of Volkswagen crossovers. Yeah, because the. I mean, well, not crossovers because not crossover is a car, but yeah, I remember, definitely remember when I was like thirteen or fourteen, the, the commercials for the Jetta Trek, with the bicycle, the Trek the bicycle, bicycle, Trek bicycle, and then you get the K two, which is like skis. the yeah, so it's like the winter version, yeah. and they're really just like the they basically had seat patterns, they had different seat material, and a bicycle and or some skis badges and a rack 
to put it on came with the vehicle. No performance whatsoever. No. Well, what performance is there? Yeah. It's a track. It's not a race car package. It's completely unrelated to cars. Why would it be a performance package? Yeah. It's a bicycle. It was the active lifestyle market before Subaru took it from everybody. Yeah. I just know that the K2 edition had the skis I always wanted at that time period where the K2 El Caminos. Which is a very bizarre crossover. I don't know why they were called El Caminos, but yeah. But I remember... That's why you wanted them. Yeah, because there was different versions of the skis. Like, one of them had an actual picture of an El Camino on them. Which you still liked at the time. Yeah. Before you hated them, made fun of me for liking them still. Yeah, they're pretty terrible. There's some pretty cool special edition El Caminos and GMC Caballeros, too. <laughs> um, not directly crossover tie-ins, but like the GMC Caballero had the Black Knight edition, which is basically like the Bandit Trans Am, but instead of a an eagle or a Trans Am Firebird on the hood, it's like a gold outline of a black knight weird oh it's awesome i didn't know about that one it's very awesome there's actually one in salem on jackson street next time you're driving by there's it's very cool i mean, I mean it's awful but it's very cool well that's the thing the smoking the bandit like that tie-in made sense because the car is featured heavily in the movie it's all about the car correct like that it would be like if they made a you know dukes of hazard edition new challenger would kind of make sense not sure if, well maybe that would fly today I... <laughs> nope nope no political <laughs> statements that's as far as we'll go with that. Um, and then, you know, it's funny. Once you start looking up all these crossover stuff, like cross-promotions in these cars, and you start finding all the different weird things. Well, Ford learned from Volkswagen, obviously. Oh, the Kona Focus? Because they had the Kona Focus. Which I thought were kind of cool. But there wasn't much going on with it other than no, they're instead not... of special seat material, the rub strips on the side of the car had bike tire tread patterns it's kind of cool they had some special colors yeah, i don't know i mean they're not like an svt focus they no, weren't again there's no performance they did nothing to it them. was just a bicycle on the roof a funny looking rub strip with a tire tread through it which i i guess it's interesting well, I, i'll chalk it up to interesting i don't yeah. know if cool is a word i would use yeah. i don't i wouldn't desire to own one over a regular focus but i guess if they were two were sitting next to each other in equal condition maybe i'd pick the kona because it was different yeah but I don't remember if they're special colors or not. Were they? Oh, it was like a brown color it came in, right? Yeah, it was like a metallic brown. Yeah, that was a cool Can't color. Can't go wrong with metallic right. brown. I've changed my mind. It's... I would drive a Kona Focus. Yeah. You sold me. Yeah. And then uh, the Volkswagen in the 90s. So we can't go to this car yet. No? No. You don't want to go to that, that car yet? That's a finisher car. Okay. That, that's This is the most ridiculous this of all. This is a finisher car. Not, yeah. a car. not a starter car. This is not a starter car. <laughs> way more to go through before we get to this ridiculous, right. ridiculous edition. All right. How about the... I mean, just a small note, there was a Sony edition Ford Focus. There was, which makes sense. That makes sense because yeah. it was a car stereo. Okay. You know, it's like uh, Bang and Olufsen BMW or whatever they come in. It, it makes sense. But to or just Harman have... Kardon, like in, in my Saab. But, but, to have, but to have stereo. that badge on the back of the car, like the car was sold as that... And that's actually funny because it had a stereo in it that looked aftermarket. Yeah. So it was probably a target for theft in certain places. Yeah. But, I don't know. People put stereo stickers in their back windows which makes them yeah that too so who knows yeah, they weren't very uh, they weren't very common i do remember when i worked at the insurance company um i had one at a body shop that i was appraising and i remember there was a big to do about the decal on the fender because it said sony edition on the fender and this was back in probably 2002 ish the car um, was new the car was pretty new yeah but ford didn't sell the stickers they were once the car was built, it was like a it wasn't a 
package that was built in the assembly line. It was like after the car was built, it became a Sony edition. Oh, weird. So everything was added after oh, was the like fact. port installed? Yeah, kind of like a port installed thing on an old Mitsubishi. Um, but no port because it was their American built, I think, at the time still. I think they still call that. Like when they go to the distribution yeah, area. whatever. Regardless, Ford wouldn't sell us a Sony decal for it. And I remember the owner being all up in arms because he spent X amount extra dollars at the dealership and we couldn't make his car back to pre-loss condition. So it was an interesting, interesting conundrum. We wound up having a decal company. It was before, it was before you know home decal companies were a thing where you could just call your neighbor at the graphic store and Weird. have something made. But we had to call a decal company and have send pictures and dimensions and have it custom made. And they didn't even want to do it because of copyright infringements at the Sony <laughs> oh my God. Sony font. So it was it was quite an ordeal. So, and these special editions always wind up like this, but it was just one that I remember specifically. Weird. And I remember it's like a Patriots edition F one fifty and that same we had a problem yeah, with the Patriots um, emblem. But that was a dealer installed package. Yeah, that was always stuff like that when I remember working in parts. You always end up with some weird dealer installed option and the you know, like a body shop would call you Montero up. Sport fender flares. Those are the worst. Yeah, there's some other decals too. The the different de- oh the different decals that came on Montero Sports they XLS weren't in the they weren't in the parts catalog. You had to look them the up. Silver in the accessory. And the accessory. Yeah, the so dumb. We're into a Mitsubishi holding. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and then the so back to movie cross promotions. In 2003, do you remember the Jeep Tomb Raider edition Rubicon? Unfortunately. I remember the commercials for it and everything. But they given away at Taco Bell or something? Probably. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't um, it was kind of like, I, I guess it was, it was kind of cool because it came with Alcoa forged aluminum wheels, uh, other than the Tomb Raider badging, and then it just came with a bunch of Mopar accessories for your Jeep already. It had so. all the options people were buying anyway sold in a package. Yeah. It was basically Jeep saying, our Jeeps are already very expensive. People aren't buying them for this much money. How can we make them buy them? Lara Croft. Yep. Lara Croft will sell Jeeps. And she did, because a lot of them sold. And I still see them from time to time. Yeah? I don't even know. It was, I never saw that movie. Was it? I, never I assume movie. it was terrible. I, I also, it's a video game movie. It's, it's going to be terrible. Yeah, so it was like a video game, and then a movie, and then a car. <laughs> I guess. Three things. Weird. None of which were very good. Which brings us to the next one, which started from a video game. And is also on a Jeep. And is also on a Jeep. So the Call of Duty Jeep. Yeah. Excellent. Which was... Kind of makes sense, given the history of Jeeps being military vehicles. Not the current Jeeps, obviously, but Jeep wouldn't exist if it wasn't for war, Call of Duty. I mean, it would Call of Duty wouldn't exist if it wasn't for war, and Jeep wouldn't exist because it wasn't for war. So maybe we got a cross promotion there that makes sense. I guess, but it was like, I, I mean, I, I guess if you were buying a Jeep at the time, I mean, it came with a it came with a bunch of cool stuff to put on your Jeep, or already on your Jeep that you wouldn't have to put on your Jeep, other than it looking like everybody else's. Well, there's no more accessorized vehicle in the world than a Jeep, no. other than maybe a Harley Davidson. They're yeah, both, they're both close. Yeah, but. Obviously, Jeeps are driven year-round, and you see them all the time, and people will spend ungodly amounts of money on Jeeps. Yeah. So if Chrysler can sell all the stuff that they have lying around in an option package, what the hell? I love how one of the options is a two-speed transfer case. Don't they all come with that? 
I is think so. High low. I mean, that's high like, low. Yeah. Right? Isn't that just a basic feature of a four wheel drive Jeep? It's is a it... basic feature of every Jeep except for the random long wheelbase two wheel drive Jeeps. They made like a two wheel drive Jeep that was was it Wrangler based or was it uh... It was Wrangler, yeah. Only for a couple of years and they made them like specifically for rental fleets in like Hawaii and Southern California. Weird. So it was a soft top Jeep with no options and two wheel drive. <laughs> You never, you never see them on the East Coast no, for obvious reasons. Just, I mean, it's, it's a useless vehicle. It's completely useless. Yeah. Here's a Jeep that can't go off-road. Good plan, guys. Yeah. And then we're back to 2003. And do you remember the terrible, um, I guess it's the sequel to Terminator 2, T3. I don't remember the movie or any cars tied to it. Because I'm sure they were also equally terrible. Yeah, because there was a Terminator Tundra. I saw oh, the a movie. Bad truck. It was a first-gen Tundra, so they're kind of cool looking. Kind of cool. And I, I saw the movie, and I don't remember it. Apparently, there's a car chase in it. Was there a Tundra? Involving the Tundra. Okay. But so, that's again, that makes sense again, much like the Smokey and the Bandit car makes sense. Barely, but I guess you couldn't tell that it was a Tundra, really, because it had some, like, like, camper body on it or something. Oh, okay. It was weird. I, I don't think I've seen the movie. I don't think I noticed that special edition. It's not I don't that think great I of a movie. On it, either of those things. It, I mean, it's one of the. I mean, the Terminator series is one of the things where the second one is like literally the best one. And you know, like it's unusual for a mo- like a movie sequel to outshine the original. But you know, like where Terminator Two is really really good, Terminator Three is really really bad. I, I may have seen it. I mean, I've seen a lot of movies. It's clearly it. forgettable. Yeah, like I saw it once, and I don't remember it. Hmm. No idea. No, I mean it was kind of cool because it came with you got Takiko shocks, a limited slip, uh, you got TRD exhaust. So you basically got all the stuff you got with a TRD package. Yeah, kind of, yeah. and you just got these weird badges that said T3 like Terminator Edition on it, and it came in they came in like black. No idea. It's interesting. I mean, I don't, I'm not it's interesting sure. that it exists, but I don't think I care that it exists. I'm not sure I've ever seen one in person. Would you even notice? I mean, it's yeah, the right. badges kind of looked. You know, when you was looking in the pictures, the badges kind of looked a lot like a stock Tundra badge. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, that brings us to the trim package ones, which are pretty good. Yeah. Um, LL Bean Subaru. That makes sense. Who wears LL Bean? Subaru drivers. Yeah. I mean, it seemed to capitalize on that late 90s, early 2000s active lifestyle person. Flannel shirt and a Subaru. Yeah. You just want to be outdoors. Um, I mean, I didn't... It's kind of weird. Like, Stephanie's car is a 2000 Outback. It's not an LL Bean car. It's a limited. So it has it has literally everything. And according to what I was looking up, the because I was like, what makes LL Bean different? It's like the badges. Yep. And then... Supposedly they came with a Macintosh stereo system. Which is a really cool looking stereo, actually. It's kind of like a like a light gray, ivory gray kind hmm. of faceplate to it. It's a, it's a really good looking factory stereo. Uh, it's a double din. I've seen them installed in other cars because they kind of look, hmm. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. But there's a, there's a certain look that it has and it looks good in other vehicles. And then it supposedly came, yeah, it was a six disc in-dash CD changer. Yep. And then it came with... VDC, which is a viscous differential. No, vehicle dynamics control. Oh, okay. Which that like Stephanie's car doesn't have. It just has ABS. And that's okay, it. Whatever. 
and, I'm sure uh, in 2003 it wasn't much. Yeah, better. and then they're like, system anyway. and then one of the other things they say is dual moon roofs, which, which is your car has. yeah, her limited has dual moon roofs. I mean, they don't open. No, they're sealed shut because yeah. it's they leak. <laughs> but you know, eight hundred dollar car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then OnStar, which that was that weird partnership GM was trying GM to sell and Subaru. It to people. Yeah, so you could have an OnStar. Well, you could buy OnStar aftermarket too for a while. Yeah, not that yeah. I know anybody who did. And I think. Subaru now has like an SOS button or something. It's Possibly. like OnStar based. Just go to a cell phone signal at this point. Yeah, it's weird. Along those same lines, there were a couple others because Eddie Bauer did the Fords. Yeah, which uh, right are... back in the '90s, which makes sense because again, Eddie Bauer, active outdoor, and Ford Explorers and Broncos, active outdoor. It seemed like every SUV of that time period is two tone, right? I mean, I think so. Yeah, just... green and tan, green and tan, and red tan, and tan, blue and tan. And tan. Yeah, blue and tan. I don't know, which isn't a bad look. I like that look. Well, I remember my father had a 91 or a 92 Ford Bronco XLT. Yeah. And it was just one level below the Eddie Bauer Bronco. And the differences were basically colors. Yeah. Because it was maroon yeah. and cream. And then if you got an Eddie Bauer, you got the the seats with, like, the mountain pattern in them and green and tan. Most of the theme here is that these are just, like, decal packages. Yep. So you got the Eddie with... Bauer... With some special trim, and that's about it. And it was, it's pro- it was just to get people to buy these cars, like yep. just some brand association, just put butts in seats. Which Ford did with the Eddie Bauer, and then yep. Jeep followed suit. They had the Orvis, the Grand Cherokee Orvis Edition, which is the I, same thing. I didn't know what that was. Did you know what that was before? Orvis? I had no it's idea. It's an outdoor company, like fishing I had no idea what it was. Apparently, there's one at our local mall. An Orvis like, store? Yeah. I didn't know that. Nope. I, never, I had never heard of it until last night. <laughs> it's just some... Like, just yuppie wannabe outdoor clothing store, I guess. I don't know. For people who drive Jeep Grand Cherokees built in the mid-90s. Yeah. Okay. And then there's, uh, like, the greatest probably was the Mer- the Nautica Mercury Voyager. It was pretty terrible, but it wasn't the greatest. You're forgetting the actual greatest. Yeah. The Levi's Gremlin was the greatest. That is the greatest, because that's like an actual car that I would buy. And it had denim seats. Yeah. Which is the coolest thing ever. It's it's so terrible that I want ten of them. Like Maybe I, two of them. Like, I wish you should just put denim seats in your Colt and keep it. It's brown, though, so it wouldn't work. I just need tan corduroy. <laughs> now I'm thinking. Damn it, Andrew. Uh, yes, no, the, 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 Nautica Mercury, the Nautica Mercury Voyager. Which wasn't even a Mercury, really. It was a Nissan Quest. Oh, that's right. Because it wasn't a Ford Windstar for some ungodly unknown reason. No, that was a weird partnership between Nissan and right. Ford. Ford had a minivan. Why wasn't the Mercury a Mercury Windstar? Or whatever they would have called it at the oh, time. Right. They used a Nissan Quest instead. Because there wasn't a Ford version of that Quest, right? It was just the it was Mercury the, version. The, right, the Ford Windstar, which was its only van by itself. Yeah. Which replaced the wonderful Aerostar. Ugh. But the platform was totally different. Completely different. For the Mercury. Different. It was all Nissan. There was no Ford parts in it at all. And then again, it was just like a trim package. They were like, all blue with white cladding and a yellow pinstripe. Yeah. So it basically looked like your you, mid-90s douchebag Nautica-wearing person. Because you go sailing just driving. in your Nautica right. minivan. Right. right. I think it had boat shoe storage in the back or something. Yeah. Like well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm not sure if you're like... If you're if you're driving a Nautica minivan, if you're doing well enough to own a sailboat, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure there was nobody that drove a Nautica Voyager that actually owned a yacht. No, I don't think so. Uh, so, oh, 
I think you sent me one of these one time on Craigslist, and you wanted it like in the worst way. What was that? The Dodge Dude. Oh, absolutely. It has a picture of a guy in a cowboy hat on the quarter panel, and it was the spokesperson was Don Knotts. Which, again, it was just a sticker package. It doesn't make any and sense. It doesn't make any sense. It was just like, hey, we want to sell these trucks, and we'll get Don Knotts to do it, and we'll call it the dude. The late 60s Dodges were the ugliest of the big threes pickup trucks. Yeah. Now, the Chevys and the Fords are better-looking trucks, period. End of story. But the Dodges are just cooler because they're bizarre, and they have weird lines, and they have weird headlights and weird grills, and the weirdest of all of them is the dude. Yeah, and it's a cool like '60s font too. Like, yeah. it's very like mad. It kind of looks like the Judge font, kind of. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but it's big and oversized, it's a big bubbly. Like, I mean, it's a big truck. And yeah, it has quarter panels that are huge, so it has like a three foot tall sticker that says "The Dude," <laughs> and it has stripes wrapped around it. I guess the best part of that is you can just drive around and be like, "The Dude abides." The Dude abides. <laughs> well, the best part about it is Don Knotts was the spokesperson. <laughs> Don Knotts hadn't even done anything at that point anymore. He was pretty much he, he relegated himself to doing Dodge commercials. It was just cool. And then what else was there? The oh, you sent me this one. I I is a Sterling BMW. It was a company that makes that makes silver. I I don't know how it works, but they replaced all the chrome on the car with Sterling silver. Oh, it's obnoxiously expensive and. Because it's 750, it was a long wheelbase, so it's like a yeah, 750 IL, IL is yeah. like already ridiculously expensive. Yeah. This is a 2013, I think, is when it, when it came out, so it's fairly recent, too. I can't remember the name of the company. It was some bizarre company out of Germany I'd never heard of. And I, I guess I was looking into it, and you can buy like a fork from them. Like one sterling silver fork is like $375. Okay. So that's the kind of company Does that makes sense. Well, hey, if you're spending enough money for a 750 IL... And then you're having all your chrome replaced with sterling silver. The price of your fork. That was like a Chinese market car or something. I have no idea. I'll tell you what, though. This is the guy driving the sailboat, not the guy in Nautica Villager. Uh, he's not driving the sailboat. He has a crew that crews the sailboat for him. Valid. <laughs> Valid. Um, and then, oh, well, oh yeah, we got to go back. Let's circle back to the, the Volkswagen's. No, Mitsubishi's first. Oh, right, right. Snoopy That's edition right. Pajero Mini. Yep. That's a good one. We can't fit the Mitsubishi's, which that was a terrible, just, again, option sticker package. Nothing special. Just a... Just a Piero Mini, actually. Right. So that makes it even cooler. non-American sold Montero, essentially. It's like but, a K-Class. Yeah, K-Class. SUV. With Snoopy stickers all over it. And then the one near and dear to us, which we're really trying to find information on, and we can only find the same two or three pictures every time we search with for it. Japanese descriptions, like a brochure. Correct. The Is Camel it... Trophy Montero. Which does is very strange because Camel Trophy vehicles are all Land Rovers, but the theory I think is that these were support. They were used as support vehicles. Right, when and the Land they... Rovers broke down or got stuck, inevitably, <laughs> they used the Monteros to unstick them or carry parts around. And then, you know, the the the, the rumor, and we don't know any of this to be true or false. Yeah, the rumor is that the Land Rover people kind of hush hushed about it and made all the information go away. But there's a couple of pictures out there showing them in the full camel livery, just like the Land Rovers, on the same courses where you've seen pictures of the Land Rovers doing the same things, but there's no information. And then yeah. there's one weird, like, special edition in, like, 91. Yeah, short wheelbase two-door. Which also doesn't make sense, because the ones that no. we've seen pictures of are long wheelbases. It's good looking, though, in that camel yellow. That's very cool. Like, man, I'd give anything for... Because I think... 
a similar yellow you could buy the Raider in, I think, the at one point. Raider? The two-door Raider. I haven't seen the yellow one. You haven't seen the yellow one? No. There's definitely been a couple not, of yellow ones. Not in this country. Yeah. Really? Yeah, been on Craigslist. That bright yellow. Apparently I'm not paying attention to Yep. It's kind of a cool yellow. I don't need another one. I haven't no. paid attention to Montero's no. on Craigslist. No. All right, so now we're on to our, our favorite of the day. This is by Volkswagen. What year was it? It was just in the... It was, it, well, it must have been the, like, 93, 94. Okay. Because uh, it was the Euro Tours that they did. Okay. And they sponsored some major bands. Oh, um, major... Is he really a major band in Europe? Well, it was a, it was more than just... He went outside uh, of New Jersey? <laughs> it was more than just Bon Jovi, because they also did... Um, and we're using paper notes tonight. Where'd it go? There it is. The important part is that there's a Bon Jovi edition Volkswagen Golf. Yep. There is, but there's also a Pink Floyd edition and, cool. and a Rolling Stones edition. Which is not cool. Yeah. The Pink Floyd, though, was for the Division Bell tour. So it was 94. 94. Okay. Which is a great album, despite what anybody will tell you. I like that album. I like it a lot. I like Keep Probably talking. because we were 13-ish years old when it came out, and we didn't know any better. But now, at 35, I still like that album. That's a good album. A There's nothing album. wrong with that album. No. Unimportant right now. The important thing is they made a Bon Jovi edition Volkswagen Golf. Yeah, I don't know what tour that would have been. I don't know who would have bought that. I didn't that. look it up. I don't know who would have driven that. I don't know who would have cared enough to own that. It was in Europe, though. I don't know so... who thought it was a good idea. Volkswagen marketing, I guess. I mean, it, it, I don't know Volkswagen. I don't know European pop hits. I don't know what's popular there. I mean, there's no David Hasselhoff edition, is there? I know. But it, it's bizarre. The fact that there is a Bon Jovi edition Volkswagen which like, is a car that just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. no less weird than the Rolling Stones edition or Pink Floyd edition. It's just Bon Jovi, so to me it's Man, funnier. I love Pink Floyd, and now I can buy a Volkswagen Golf that says, I love Pink Floyd. Uh, maybe. I mean, I did have a Pink Floyd sticker on my first car. Yeah, I, I guess, but I don't so know. So does that make it a Pink Floyd edition 1985 Oldsmobile Cutlass? Yeah. Or my own Pink Floyd edition. I mean, yeah, I might as well own, have the sticker package. Yeah, your own Pink Floyd. <laughs> So what is the uh, is there is there one last one we got here? We have like a, 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 uh, an honorable mention. Honorable mention. Yeah. Not what, really a good crossover, but it's weird. Uh, and I will post a link because there's all that exists about it is the TV ad, and it's for it's a car that's near and dear to my heart. Yeah, it it always comes back to Mitsubishi. So it's a it's a Dodge Colt. Correct. Second gen Dodge Colt that's yep. kind of like rallied out. In 1975. The, in this commercial, the car is being driven by Red Fox. Yep. For Colt 45. Yes, on a ski slope. On a ski slope. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. But apparently, if you look into it, Red Fox was a giant car guy. Yeah. Uh, it goes back to last week's episode with the Barris cars. Yeah. He had he commissioned Barris to make cars for him all the time, and they're always ridiculous. But is that where the red sled thing came from? The red sled was the name of the Colt. Okay. Um, he had a fleet of Dodge Colts in 1975, all two doors, all with roll bars. Yeah. All with spoilers and big fat tires. Uh, and actually, he lived in Massachusetts. 
He lived in Western Mass. I forget the name of the town. There's an article on the internet, which I found a few years back when I first saw that commercial, because I had to know why Red Fox was driving a Dodge Colt in a Colt 45 commercial, which I guess it makes sense to drive a Colt in a Colt 45 commercial, but it doesn't make sense to drive in a beer commercial. But regardless, I no, looked he, into it. No, he's the beer delivery guy. So the, the commercial starts. Right, it's a tuxedo man, which is apparently part of their ad campaign. He was just sitting calmly on a ski slope in a tuxedo at a table. Must have been spring skiing. Yeah, <laughs> waiting for his beer, apparently, and you see Red Fox, like, roll up, and he sees, like, a sign for the shortcut. Yeah, but it shows, like, a 45-second, 40, like, slaloming this Dodge Colt down a ski slope. Yeah, first. it's basically a Dodge Colt ad, and then he rolls up and gives the... Well, he slides to a stop. With the best part, too, you got to watch when you, when you watch the video. He slides to a stop, and the driver's left arm is up because it's clearly not Red Fox. Because he slides Which to is a weird because he loved Dodge Colts. But he slides to a stop within well the way the camera looks he looks like he stops within feet of hitting the guy on the table. That's awesome. And it's definitely like a stunt driver and he's like covering his arm or covering his head. Covering his, his arm. Red Fox face. Yeah. And it's just so 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 strange. <laughs> anyway, I guess he had a barn on his property out in whatever part in Western Mass. What happened to these cars? I I, I have tried to find them many times. Um, I search Colt and Western Mass Craigslist on a regular basis to try to find one. Um, but he used to, he used to terrorize the neighborhood in these things, and he loved just tooling around with them and drifting around his property. Weird. It's very weird and it's very cool. Huh. I mean, he's Red Fox. He's ridiculous. Yeah, I see. I didn't know that part about it. Yeah, it's it's, it's very cool. It, it, it's cool that they use it in the commercial, and I don't know how it happened. I don't know if it was like they were the ones they used for the commercial, and he just kept them. Or did he already have them? And the commercial was like, hey, Red Fox, you're a good spokesperson, and you actually have Dodge Colts. I assume they were made for the commercial. Yeah. And then he kept them. I know. Loved them and terrorized the neighborhood with them. I know. I almost wonder, like, that could have been filmed, like, there's a you know a ski mountain in Western Mass. Yeah, could have been. Who knows? Could have been, could have been filmed at Bradford. <laughs> yeah, weird. It's, it's bizarre. I don't understand. It's very cool. It's very yeah. 70s. It's very... Period correct, I guess, is yeah. all we can say. It's, it's fun to watch. We'll put a link of it up because it's, yeah. it's fun to watch. Um, I don't know much else about the car. Well, I know a lot about the car because no. it's Dodge Colt, and I'm oddly obsessed. And I have a 74. Yeah. Another topic for another day. Yeah. So, I mean, that was kind of weird car crossovers with ad campaigns or whatever. Um, you can think of anything we forgot about. Yeah, so if you've on. got, you know, questions, comments, oh, corrections. My favorite, which is not here. The Firestone um, rolling, ro- rolling Your Stones cars from the late 70s. What? Yeah, they had giveaways. Yeah. They weren't packages. So again, it's like a special. It's not really a package. But Firestone used to actually, I should probably stop this conversation because there's a whole bunch of these now that I'm thinking of it in my head. But there was like a Firestone F-150, and it had flames, and it said, roll on your stones on the quarter panels, and they had like a van. But this is not a Rolling Stones edition, Golf. No, 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 no. (laughs) I I just, I I started talking out loud just there, and then I remembered that there's like a Monroe edition, like Monroe Shock Absorber's Mustang, and all these cool cars that were built built as promotional cars by the companies, which makes sense. Those do make sense. So that was... Like that was a, an error on my part. Like a like a Hearst Olds, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense because it's a shifter. Yeah. Or wheels. they still made wheels back then too. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of like what else would be, you know, well the Monroe Mustang. Yeah. One, that was a it made it made sense. It was a 
a car product. They needed a car to show it off on. Just like anything they make today. Yeah. You know, you, you go to a, to, no, SEMA was last week. You see all the companies rolling out cars at SEMA. Just these 70s ones stick in my head because they're 70s graphics and they all have IMSA flares, mm-hmm. which were cool. Um, but there's not, it doesn't relate to our topic, so carry on. Yeah. So, um, Questions, comments, corrections, you can email me or email us at autooptopic at gmail.com. Uh, we actually did get one email last week from Ike at the Untitled Car Show who listened to us and and uh, said he liked the show, so we appreciate that. Um, you can also follow us at autooptopic on Instagram. And Auto Op Topic on Facebook. Where we will post the cult video. Yeah, we'll post the cult videos on the Stay Facebook page. Uh, what else? Oh, you can follow me on my Instagram, which is Raced in Anger. And what about you, Brad? Well, you can find me on my personal Instagram account of TSISS350. I should really change that. Um, or my company, um, Vintage Imports of New England, which is Vintage Imports NE on Instagram or Facebook. Yep. Or the website, Vintage Instagram. Sorry, Vintage, vintage Instagram. <laughs> vintage Imports of, uh, Vintage Imports NE.com is my website. And you've got, uh, we'll tease it out, you've got a couple cool cars putting up in a week or beginning next week. Very soon. Very so soon. A couple stay tuned old for those. Hondas, actually. Yeah, Interesting. Old Hondas. Low mile weird Hondas. And what about that other thing? The Escort? Yeah. Yeah, there'll be an Escort up there too. Okay. A Mark 1 Escort. Yeah. RS2000. Yeah. Real drive escort. Very cool. Yeah. Um, it's real RS2000 parts. Um, it was a swapped shell because the original RS2000 shell was rotted beyond repair. Um, uh, but it does have all of the parts that came in the RS2000. So the two liter motor, you know, the correct rear end, correct transmission, hmm. air, correct full interior is all lifted straight out of the RS2000. Um, into a, uh, a one three escort mark one shell neat so it's a very cool very solid car cool too much advertising yeah moving on all right so that's it so that's it that's the show all right see you guys next week thanks bye